What's up, you beautiful bastards? Hope you've had a fantastic Wednesday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Remember to hit that like button, otherwise I'm gonna punch you in the throat. But with that said, let's just jump into it. And the first thing that we're gonna briefly talk about today are the updates around the James Charles, Tati Westbrook situation that we talked about earlier this week, which is actually interesting because as it kind of winds down, if it's even the right way to say that, it's still chugging along and in certain places getting bigger. And if you're unfamiliar with the core of what I'm talking about, I highly recommend you watch our Monday video. But, you know, it's a story that started on YouTube. It's spread into our general industry, but even now, like, it's getting covered by the CNNs, the Fox Newses, the New York Times did a piece on this. I think it really touches on how unprecedented and historic this has all been. And so that's kind of an update on its own, but some of the other big updates are on the business side. James Charles has now officially lost over 3 million subscribers. And on the other side of this, the person who made the exposed video on him, Tati Westbrook, went from 5.9 million to she is getting a 10 million subscriber plaque now. She jumped more than 4 million subscribers. And even saying those numbers, it doesn't really hit on how big of a deal that is. Because if you look at where she started, you're like, okay, well, it, she almost doubled, that's crazy. It's even bigger than that, because if you look through like the past two months of her videos, her videos range between 700,000 to 1.4 million views on average. Every now and then you have an outlier. And so really what she's looking at here with an injection of four million subscribers is an around 4X multiplier, which is great for her. And it also makes me wonder, you know, because the, the start of this whole situation, what kind of sales she's getting for those vitamins. This appears to have been historically beneficial for her on the business side. But then on the other side of this, for James Charles, it appears more bad news. His apparel website, Sisters Apparel, went down yesterday, which actually, looking into it, isn't the most shocking news. Reportedly, Sisters Apparel had been affiliated with Killer Merch, and that's notable because, as TubeFilter explains, Killer Merch is a full-service merchandise company owned by Jeffree Star that designs, manufactures, and ships products globally for the likes of Jeffree Star Cosmetics, as well as Kevin Hart, Lil Dicky, a slew of other brands that used to include Sisters Apparel. But as of yesterday, Sisters Apparel is no longer listed as one of their partners, which, of course, is not shocking, given what we have seen Jeffree Star say about James Charles recently, notably calling him a predator and a danger to society and now deleted tweets. But what I think is important to note here is we have also not gotten a confirmation or public statement about this business news from James Charles, from Jeffree Star, Killer Merch, anyone. Although I will say I'm also interested to see what's going to happen with the money because if you go to Sisters Apparel on Instagram, some of the most liked comments are how can I cancel and get refunds? Also, as far as James Charles is speaking to her, according to TMZ, that is still on, which I will say for him, I think it makes business sense, but also at the same time could be a liability. I think it makes business sense because despite how many people he has lost, he is still going to have the hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, low millions supporting him. You know, his audience before this scandal was just that big. Although when you look to social media, we've seen people saying that they want refunds for that as well. And as far as what I referred to as, as a liability, what I guess I mean is just, he could be exposing himself to an incredibly uncomfortable situation. Since this has become just such a massive, massive thing, well, yes, you have people that want to cancel, they want refunds. I, if I was him, I'd be worried that there are gonna be people buying tickets so they could go to the shows just to openly mock me and film it. And obviously, while that would still be money in his pocket, I, I imagine just on, on a human level, that would be emotionally devastating. But all that said, ultimately, that is where we are right now. And I, of course, I'd love to pass the question off to you. Do you think the bleeding is over? What do you think about this reaction in general? Is there a potential for a bounce back? Yes, no, any and all thoughts, let me know in those comments down below. And then let's talk about big news around technology and privacy. On Tuesday, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors approved a new citywide ordinance that bans the use of facial recognition technology by city departments. The legislation passed in an eight to one vote and it makes San Francisco the first city in the United States to pass an outright ban with a stop secret surveillance ordinance that passed stating, the propensity for facial 
recognition technology to endanger civil rights and civil liberties substantially outweighs its purported benefits and the technology will exacerbate racial injustice and threaten our ability to live free of continuous government's monitoring. And in addition to this ban on facial recognition technology, all current and future technology being used for surveillance must be audited. And if a city department is looking into getting new surveillance equipment or even trying to acquire surveillance footage from an outside party, they must obtain approval from the Board of Supervisors. However, it's also important to note that it will not become an official law until next week when the board meets again to ratify the vote. So why is this happening? What happened? And well, I mean, it's San Francisco. The topic regarding technology, the future of it, privacy in general, it, it's very attached. And while to some of you, facial recognition technology may sound very futuristic, it's new, uh, it's actually a tool that government agencies have been using for several years. They've been using it for a number of things like searching for a missing child, even preventing driver's license fraud. And Supervisor Aaron Peskin, the one who sponsored the ordinance, emphasizes over and over again that this law is not an attempt to fight technology. It's about trying to stop people from taking advantage of it. This is really about public oversight of surveillance technology. Um, it does not actually stop uh, surveillance technology with one exception, which is uh, facial recognition um, software. And this is really about giving policymakers the information that they need to safeguard um, these important technologies from abuse. Not from their use, but from their abuse. And among those concerned, it's not all about privacy. It's about the technology actually working. And for an example why, we can look to a 2018 study from MIT Media Lab that found, quote, error rates in determining the gender of light-skinned men were never worse than 0.8%. But for darker-skinned women, however, the error rates ballooned to more than 20% in one case and more than 34% in the other two. But also during a board of supervisors meeting last week, there were several citizens from around San Francisco that came and voiced their opinion. And a few there said that they believed that this ban would actually cause more crime and make investigations for police even harder. My reasons for opposing this legislation are it will compromise public safety and it will create more barriers for law enforcement to carry out their duties. But that said, even the one board supervisor who did oppose the ordinance noted that while she disagrees, it is a very well-intentioned piece of legislation. But of course, the counter to that would be, well, it doesn't matter the intent, it just matters the net result. And I wanted to mention this story, one, because I thought it was interesting, two, it's the first one that we're actually seeing through, although there is a similar bill that was introduced in Massachusetts, but also three, to get your opinion on this. Do you think that facial recognition technology should be banned? Do you think that it goes too far, or it's a slippery slope, or do you think the positives, they supersede everything else? Any and all thoughts on this one, I'd love to hear from you. And then let's talk about the least in no way polarizing story of the day, Alabama. Or rather, what happened in Alabama last night when the Alabama Senate passed a bill that effectively bans abortion in almost all cases. And since this bill passed the state's house last month, now the Senate, and all that's left for this to become a law in Alabama is that it just needs to be signed by Governor Kay Ivey, who notably has not publicly expressed support for the bill, but many still believe that she will back it. And a big note around this specific abortion ban is that it would be the strictest in the country. It bans abortion at every stage of pregnancy and does not make exceptions in the cases of rape or incest. And that's despite Democrats' efforts to create an amendment that would allow for those and in fact, there are only three exceptions for the ban. One, if the mother's life is in severe danger. Two, if there is an ectopic pregnancy, meaning that the fertilized egg is outside of the uterus. Or three, in the case of a lethal fetal anomaly, which is a potentially deadly birth defect. It also criminalizes the procedure, and any doctor who performs an abortion could be charged on felony offenses and land up to 99 years in jail. And this law has elicited a number of responses. Some celebrities like Lady Gaga have spoken out saying, it is an outrage to ban abortion in Alabama, period, and all the more heinous that it excludes those who have been raped or are 
are experiencing incest, non-consensual or not. So there's a higher penalty for doctors who perform these operations than for most rapists? This is a travesty, and I pray for all these women and young girls who will suffer at the hands of this system. We also saw many Democratic politicians who believe that this bill is in direct opposition of Roe v. Wade and an attack on women's rights. And for those of you that need a refresher, Roe v. Wade is a Supreme Court ruling back from 1973 that says that women have a constitutional right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. We saw several people in the 2020 race speaking out against it, that including Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Bernie Sanders echoing that statement. We also saw similar statements from several of the other candidates, but probably the strongest worded opposition came from Alabama State Senator Bobby Singleton. Oh, I think this is a horrible bill still. I think that we raped women last night. We made women of Alabama the model of the new Roe versus Wade. Uh, I think that this is just a horrible bill. I hate to think the fact that someone would rape my daughter at 12 years old. That is just sad to tell my daughter that she had to carry that baby for nine months here in the state of Alabama and look that rapist in the face for the rest of her life. But we also saw others speak in defense of this legislation. Alabama State Senator Clyde Chambliss saying, this bill has the opportunity to save the lives of millions of unborn children. Alabama Senate Majority Leader Greg Reed saying that this bill aimed to, quote, express the will of the people, which is to protect the sanctity of life. And Alabama Representative Terry Collins really hit on the core of what this actually is. That this is about creating a debate and taking aim at Roe v. Wade. Saying this bill is about challenging Roe v. Wade and protecting the lives of the unborn because an unborn baby is a person who deserves love and protection. And the thing is, that's not a surprise because having states pass abortion laws with the knowledge that they will be challenged in court is nothing new. Both Ohio and Georgia recently joined Mississippi and Kentucky in passing fetal heartbeat bills which ban abortion after a heartbeat can be detected, which experts say happens at around six weeks into a pregnancy before many women know that they are pregnant. And regarding those bills, organizations have already promised to take these to court. And in fact, today, the ACLU just filed a lawsuit against the bill in Ohio. And with that, we've seen a lot of legal experts arguing that a lot of these laws could be appealed, but that's part of the plan because these cases could end up in the hands of the Supreme Court. And now, thanks to the new justices that were nominated under the Trump administration pushed through a Republican Senate, the court as it is now swings in a conservative favor with five conservative justices and four liberal ones. So it's believed very likely that if abortion were brought to the Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade may not be held up. Which brings us now to the very real question. What would happen if Roe v. Wade were over Overturned. So first thing, it is important to know that a full and complete reversal of Roe v. Wade would likely not happen overnight. But that said, the court could make a series of decisions that slowly chip away at it and severely limit abortion rights. But still, let's take a look at the country without Roe v. Wade just to see the most drastic change possible. So an overturning of the ruling would not make abortion illegal nationwide. It would then become a state issue. And some states already have precedents in place, and most of those states do use their precedent to ban abortion. According to the Guttmacher Institute, nine states have pre-Roe abortion bans that would be retained if the ruling were overturned. Six other states have a post-Roe trigger law that would ban it immediately upon its reversal. Seven other states have expressed intent to severely limit abortion rights. And 10 states would protect abortion rights, nine of which would do so up to the point of viability, and only one would protect the right throughout a full pregnancy. You know, also when talking about this story, we're talking about the, the Supreme Court, right? Lawsuits, states. What about just people in general? Right, there's another question here. Do the American people want to do away with Roe v. Wade? And the answer, at least according to a Fox News poll back in February, is no. According to Fox News, 57% of responders said they wanted to let it stand, with only 21% saying they wanted it overturned. But yeah, ultimately that's where we are with the story, kind of what we've been seeing in the country right now. And, you know, it is important to keep in mind that there is still a long road ahead. You know, technically, as of recording this video, it is not a law in Alabama yet. We're still waiting on Governor Ivey's decision with her spokesperson saying that we would get it upon the governor's full review of the bill. Also, from the legal aspect, if the cases were to make their way to the Supreme Court, it's likely going to take several years. But that's also the reason you're seeing people on both sides saying that this next election is probably one of the biggest that we're ever going to see. It's believed that the next Supreme Court justices that are going to be replaced are the more liberal justices. And given the younger age of the Trump justice nominees. I mean, you're, you're talking about shaping what the country is going to be for the next few decades. And keep in mind, and I don't mean to be morbid here, 
that's saying that the, the current justices last. Several have had public health issues. But yeah, that's where we are with this story. Of course, like with everything we talk about, I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Are you happy to see this happening? Are you horrified to see it happening? What do you think? will happen. Any and all thoughts, I'd love to hear from you in those comments down below. And that's where we're going to end today's show. And if you like the video, you want to help support the channel, we'd love if you took a second to hit that like button. You can also go to roguerocket.com support and help support our daily news with either a paid subscription and or supporting our fantastic sponsors who support us. Also, if you're new here, you want to make sure you don't miss these daily dives into the news, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, if you're not 100% filled in, maybe you missed one of the last two videos we put out on this channel, you can click or tap right there to watch those. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces and I'll see you tomorrow.